You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1058 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday, and today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Today's podcast will be a little bit shorter than usual. Um, I want to plug at the top, though, today's show earlier that dropped on Sunday evening into Monday. That was a recap of the Summer League opener for the Hawks. I'll be back in action again on Tuesday afternoon locally and also in the evening back on the East Coast. But take you behind the curtain a little bit as to why this might be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, I've been in Las Vegas since Friday, and uh, I woke up early this morning on Monday to the news that my apartment back at home in Atlanta was broken into, which is not the best start to the day and the week. And I won't be home till the weekend, so that's a bit of a scattered shot kind of morning slash afternoon and all of that. So I had some podcast plans that I was going to get into that's got, got put, put on hold. So they'll be back, I promise. Nothing specific that I want to share now, but I have some plans for the rest of the offseason and a couple of guests and stuff that I want to get in on the podcast. But today's podcast will be a little bit, a little bit shorter with that in mind. It'll be some nuts and bolts stuff, some information to pass along to everybody and uh, I appreciate your patience and also everyone that's already subscribed to the show but I would always encourage you to subscribe and also tell your friends leave five-star feedback on the platform of your choice and share positive reviews as well Um, on the show by the way we'll be diving into some stuff about Atlanta's salary cap John Collins contract structure the current roster situation that the Hawks have some Gorgie Jang audio and much much more but first a word from our sponsors before we dive in on the pod today and the first of which is rockauto.com Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time. And you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences, and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, and uh, we were waiting actually for a couple of days on this news, but it came out over the weekend, and I forgot to mention it yesterday on the show. So John Collins' contract structure is now available. What, what we knew is it was going to be five years for $125 million with a fifth-year player option. So none of that is new, but in terms of what the annual salary was going to be, in terms of how it would start, how it would finish, how it would progress along the way, that was unclear, at least until over the weekend, and now we know what it is. So in year one, Collins' salary for this next season, the 21-22 season, is going to be $23 million. From there, it goes to $23.5 million the following season, $25.34 million in the 2023-24 season, uh, and then about $26.6 million in 24-25. Uh, those are the first four years. They're obviously all going to be guaranteed and locked in. Um, the fifth year is a player option, and because of a rule in the CBA, that player option had to be as much money or more as the previous season, which is the fourth year 
of this deal. That's part of the why the structure is what it is and why I thought it was either going to be probably flat or maybe slightly declining, but this time it's going to be actually going up. So that salary is exactly the same as it was in year four. That player option is $26.6 million or so in the 2025-26 season. Now, I think it's a little bit better than I anticipated um, when this news came out that it might be rising. Uh, it's not the full 8% raises. Um, that, that was something that, that they could have done, but I thought that never really made sense. They obviously want to worry about luxury tax a little bit for this year, but at the same time, um, it's going to be going up a little bit. It would have been better for the team, in my view, if it was flat or even declining, but um, it's fairly modest in the way that it goes up, and that also gives Collins a larger number at the end on the player option, which I'm sure his agent and Collins uh, liked in terms of flexibility and locking that in if they want to. Um, it gives them more wiggle room, though, for the, ta- for the taxes I said earlier. Um, this season, and that's definitely something that they could prioritize. Now, I'll be the first to say, I've said this already a couple times in the offseason, I don't personally care about the luxury tax, and neither should fans. Um, that's just Tony Ressler's wallet, so there's not really a penalty there. But practically, in the real world, they probably do care about that line and um, a little bit more money to be spent on the ownership level and repeater stuff in the future and all of that fun stuff. So the downside is to this deal is that you might have more money on the books now for the future when the tax is almost definitely going to come into play at some point down the line because they now have Trey Young making the max. They have, um, for the next several ye- next several seasons, they have Kevin Herter coming up for a deal in the, near, in the near future. They still have Bogdanovich and Capella making some real money. Gallinari is non-guaranteed for next season, but still, they have some money on the books and now $23 plus million each year for Collins. So the tax stuff in the future is going to be at least relevant as a thought process and a talking point for Tony Ressler. Now, there are also some likely and unlikely bonuses in play for some players this coming season. I won't go all the way into that now. It's very nerdy stuff, but guys like Capella have some bonuses that could kick in or, or not kick in based on their incentives and all of that, all that fun stuff. So essentially, if every single bonus were to hit for all the players, the Hawks will only have about $2 million in luxury tax room. They're well over the cap at this point, so it's not cap space. It's just room below the luxury tax. If the bonuses repeat from last year. So basically, if the ones that are fulfilled for the players fulfill again, or the ones that are not fulfilled do not fulfill again, the projection would be about $3.5 million below the luxury tax line. And if none of the bonuses hit across the board, it'd be about $5 million below the tax line. So long story short, and again, I want to stress this, I don't care about this, but if the Hawks want to stay below the luxury tax this season, They'd only have about a veteran minimum contract, veteran minimum contract, I should say, to hand out if they wanted to stay below that. Um, just for reference, the veteran minimum for this year costs about 1.7 million against the tax, a little bit less than 1.7 million. So um, even if the guy is making more than that in real world terms, like if it's a, if it's an extended veteran, like you know if Lou Williams was on the minimum after being in the league for 10 plus years, he'd actually make more than that. Like Solomon Hill's contract is actually more than um, the $1.7 million because he's a veteran. But at the same time, it counts for the tax at about $1.7 million. So they could go beyond that. They have part of the MLE available. They might even have the biannual exception available. But that comes down to whether Tony Russell wants to go into the tax and set up a, re- a repeater tax down the line. So keep an eye on that. So plenty of stuff to get into on that. But essentially, they have 14 guys under contract plus a two-way. They could just stand pat here. But if they want to add somebody and not go into the tax, at least as a, proje- as a projection, they probably have to go with the minimum on that 15th player if they sign anybody at all. Um, before we get to the rest of the show, and honestly, a pretty interesting comment from Travis Schlenk on the radio on Monday. We'll have to get into our sponsors from today's show, and the first of which is betonline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at Bet Online and beyond baseball. There is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at Bet Online. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to the Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and last thing on the show before we get to some audio from Gorky Jang from earlier today. Mike Conti of 92.9 and the Hawks Radio Network passes along, but Travis Schlenk said on Monday afternoon, I'm going to quote him here. If I was to say we're going to sign a particular type of player right now, it might be a big to balance out the roster, end quote. So that drew some attention. The Hawks do have a roster spot available. And on paper, they do have enough bigs, um, particularly if they have a Kongwu, which they don't have right now. He's hurt until probably midseason. Uh, but they have Collins and Gallinari who can play a little bit of five at the four spot. They have Jalen Johnson, who can be a little bit of a, a sort of a small, big option. And then, of course, Capella and Gorgie Jang. Um, with that said, you know, as sort of a, a reminder of the roster, they have Trey and DeLon Wright and Lou Williams in the backcourt, plus Sharif on a two-way contract. They have Bogdanovich and Herter at the two. They have Hunter and Reddish at the three. Uh, Collins, Gallinari, uh, Johnson, sort of a combo forward, as is Solomon Hill. And then Capella, Kongwu, and Jang. Um, the only other guy that could be around that we don't know about just yet is Skylar Mays. Um, and I said this a couple times already, actually, on the podcast, but I think a, another big wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. It's not a necessity, um, particularly if you think that Kong will, will be effective when he returns. Um, but people sort of, when I tweeted about this, responded with a lot of Paul Millsap chatter. And I have been saying Paul would be a nice fit for a while. I thought that would have made a little bit more sense before they signed Jang, um, just for practical purposes. And Paul is still a free agent, though. So I'd be on board with that. I'm uh, a big fan of Paul Millsap. I think in, in particular in the locker room, he'd be awesome. Um, definitely more of a sort of combo big. And the thing the thing with Paul, though, is he's probably too good for this role because the Hawks just don't have minutes to give, really. Uh, and Millsap, while he's not the guy he used to be, is still a very productive pro- uh, player. So maybe if he wanted to just come home to Atlanta, where he still has a house, and uh, be around a good team, that might be an option for him. But that might not be the most um, sort of foreseeable thing at this point in time. And also, if, as we talked about earlier on the podcast, if the Hawks are worried about the tax at all, Paul would probably have to sign for the minimum, and I'm not sure if he's going to do that um, in Atlanta, particularly not to play very much, and he probably wouldn't play a ton if everybody is healthy. Um, if they don't care about the tax, they could have $5 million or more to use on an exception, and that depends on the structure of Jang's contract, but still, they obviously have a little bit of wiggle room here, and yes, practically speaking, if they're healthy, Capella and Jang plus Collins and even Gallinari is plenty at center. Um, they don't have a need there right now, even without a Kongwu. But as we saw last year, being healthy is not always the operating state of affairs for an NBA team. So having a sort of break, cla- break glass in case of emergency option in the front court in particular is usually it's, it's something that the Hawks like to do. Um, they've often had four or five centers on a roster. Last year, it was Nathan Knight who was on a two-way contract, mind you. But he was sort of that option for them, where if they had injuries, they could, they could bring him in, play him a little bit, and he wouldn't kill them. This year... 
They do have an open two-way spot. That's an option for them. Yeah, it's not night anymore, but it could be something like that if they want to just kind of go low cost with that roster spot. Or they could just sign um, a backup center. Like I've mentioned, Bisbeck Biombo is an option. He'd be very low cost. He's not great, but he won't have to play very much. That kind of stuff. Also, we can sort of go through what they could do with the, with the open roster spot because I got a lot of questions about this both today and previously. Um, and a lot of it's like a practical consideration. Like for money reasons, they could save some money by not having another guy on the roster. Also, they could, there's sort of an argument for flexibility of contract stuff and salary cap movement and transactional because if they get an injury, they could just move quickly to sign someone to plug that need in the front court. Also, this is a question I've gotten a lot as well. With Sharif Cooper on a two-way, if they have an open roster spot, they could just convert him at any time. But I've stressed repeatedly that Sharif will be on a two-way and he cannot be converted unless they have an open roster spot. Now, that's not impossible to create, but if you want to do it easily, one way to do that and or something else is to have an open roster spot. Also, it helps with flexibility in season with trades. It's obviously a far, sort of a far way off at this point in time, but because of the cap machinations and because you can't have more than 15, 15 guys on your roster any full time during the season, if you want to do a two-for-one trade, it's a lot easier to do that when you have 14 players on the roster. So there's some arguments in favor of flexibility and not having someone on the roster. I would say overall, I can see both sides, but if there's somebody that they actually liked on the market that would help them either in the locker room or on the court, go ahead and sign that guy. Um, if Paul Millsap wants to come for the minimum, you just sign Paul Millsap, in my in my view. If he's not going to play, um, having that depth, having that veteran presence, having a guy that everybody loves, basically, go ahead and do that. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be Paul, but having someone, even if it's a wing, it, it could be somebody like you know James Ennis, uh, a veteran player that's still available right now on the minimum. Um, that would not be the worst thing in the world. Last year, it was Solomon Hill. He was one of the last guys that they signed. They all love Solomon Hill. He wasn't supposed to play as much as he did, but a guy like that to just provide some depth, some leadership, some flexibility would not be a bad idea at all right now. If you can, and you can sort of figure it out later if you have to use the roster spot on something else. So I get that you could argue that keeping it open because of the depth that they already have. That's one thing that's sort of in that column is that the Hawks are so deep and talented already at every position. They don't really have a weakness right now on the court. Even with a Kongwu out, they have Jang, who is more than capable of playing backup center, plus Collins, who can play center and will play center at times. So. If you look at the, at the sort of the depth chart, um, you know they have three point guard options. They have four wings plus Johnson or Hill could play a little bit of three for you. You have uh, you know three or four power forward options. They have kind of everything that you would possibly want depth wise. So that's the argument against this that maybe you wouldn't need that kind of extra guy. At any rate, also they all, I guess they still have a two way spot available. Uh, could be Skylar Mays, who I do like uh, and would champion, but if they want to go sort of with the Nathan Knight clone kind of option, they could certainly sign a two-way big in the next couple of days or weeks. All right, before we get to the last thing, uh, the Hawks do play again on Tuesday. It's a 3 o'clock local time start in the Pacific, so that's actually a 6 p.m. Eastern time start on Tuesday against the Pacers in the smaller gym, Cox Pavilion here in Las Vegas, on NBA TV. So mark your calendars for that one. We'll have a recap podcast late into the night on Tuesday. And before we sign off on the short episode of the podcast, uh, Gorgie Jang spoke to the media on Monday morning via Zoom, actually. He was, I believe, in Atlanta. Um, and this was after they announced that contract was official. So that deal is now on board. We do not have the details just yet on the money stuff. It was reported as one year and $4 million. But Jang is now a member of the organization. And to be candid, I missed the availability because I was dealing with my apartment break-in. So I was not there. You will not hear my voice on this. But it's fairly short, and I figured some listeners might be interested in it. So it's sort of a tack-on to the end of the show today in a second. And that's, that's the end of the podcast for today, though. So 
after this, you'll only hear Gorgie and uh, all kinds of questions from Sarah Spencer and Terrell Thomas and Bob Rathman's even in there, all that stuff. Um, we'll be back again, again again after the game on Tuesday. Stay tuned for that. So please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, and we'll see you next time. And again, here's the audio from Monday's Media Availability with Gorgie Jane. And we will start with Sarah Spencer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey there, nice to meet you. Thank you, nice to meet you. How excited you are to, how excited are you to be with the Hawks and just kind of what have they talked to you about uh, what your role will look like? Uh, I mean, uh, first of all, I'm very excited to be here, you know, to be part of this organization. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, this is my ninth year, I think, it's, and I'm, I'm very excited to be here, you know, just come here and play my role like I always did. Let's go to Bob Rathbun, the television voice of the Hawks. Hey, Gorgie, welcome. Nice shirt, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I take it you've got some fond memories of Atlanta uh, from having won the national championship over at the old Georgia Dome with Louisville. Yeah, I mean, uh, Atlanta been good to me so far. You know, I came here, I won a championship here, uh, you know, and I have pretty good games when I came here play too, you know, so. You had had just a taste of the playoffs uh, with Minnesota, but a few years ago, I was wondering what it means to you to come to a team that has pretty high expectations. I mean, that's exciting, you know, Uh, playing for a team like that, you know, they have a high goal and uh, that's exciting. I think that helps that lift you up to give the best of your ability to help this basketball team. Let's go to Terrell Thomas. Good afternoon. Welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to the Atlanta Hawks. I just want to get your opinion on, on your thoughts about uh, Trey Young and, and having the ability to play with Trey Young. Of course, you've played against him and seen him as an opponent and things, but what are, what are your thoughts about playing with him? Man, I'm so excited that I, I don't get to, I don't get to get this, those fouls called again. No. <laughs> but uh, no, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, Trey is a great basketball player. He proved that uh, the whole league, like what he's capable of, you know, is uh, very talented. And, you know, I'm excited to to share a basketball court with him. Thank you again. Welcome to Atlanta. Thank you. And let's go back to Sarah. Um, yeah, just what are your thoughts on John Collins and Clint Capella and some of the other, you know, front court guys that you'll be around? Uh, uh, great front courts, you know, uh, John, uh, he's athletic, you know, capable shooter. Uh, uh, Clint, I think me and Clint had a good relationship uh, throughout the league. We know each other uh, from basketball without borders and, and stuff like that. I mean, we had a good relationship and I think he's a great rim protector. He's doing his job like like he always did. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to be, to share the same jersey with them. What do you think about just the overall potential of this roster? Obviously, this is a team that's trying to build on what it did last season going on that playoff run. I mean, they make a playoff run uh, last season, and that shows uh, what they're capable of. You know, I think uh, they struggle early in the season, and then they come back very strong. And I think they, if we keep going the same dynamic, that, that can... Uh, take it to the next level. And I think at this point now, they, they see what they're capable of doing. And I think if we have the same mindset from the get-go, 
that that can that can take us very far. Thank you. Back to Terrell. Thank you. I wanted to know: uh, Have you had an opportunity to speak with Coach McMillan yet? And uh, what would you be looking to learn under his tutelage? Uh, I was. I just got back yesterday. I was in Senegal, so I was in Africa. Uh, I only talked to a few guys in this team, and uh, I haven't talked to him yet. I think they're so busy right now with summer league and and all the stuff. I think we're gonna get a chance to talk when I get back. So I just came for a fly, fly, I flew in twelve hours to come here and get this done. And when I get back, I think I'm gonna get a chance to sit with them and talk with all of them. Thank you.